This is episode 37 of the Gen X Photography Podcast, and I'm your host, Mario Piper. Now, in this episode, uh, Suzanne and I talk with my fabulous wife, Julianne Piper, and uh, you can find her works on uh, Instagram at jpshoeboxpix. That's jpshoeboxpix, P-I-C-S, all one word, um, also on Flickr at Julianne Piper. And so we talk about uh, her photography and what she likes about analog photography. So I hope you enjoy the show. But before we get into the actual episode, I wanted to give a sincere thank you to uh, several people. Now, uh, over the past year or so, I've received a number of wonderful gifts from people. And I just want to really give a sincere thank you to each of you uh, by name. So we'll start with Denise Grays. Now, Denise, you were... Uh, among my first guests, of course, my first guest was my daughter, but you were my second guest on, on the podcast and you sent me a lovely card. Actually, you sent her whole family, a lovely card, uh, wishing us well. And I thank you for that. In addition, you sent me this lovely zine called a love letter to Kansas. And, uh, it's all about our shared home state, uh, Kansas. I was born and raised there. I love my home state, always will. And, uh, you've got some lovely images here of, uh, of a state that's often overlooked, beautiful Kansas. Uh, and you can find uh, Denise's work at DeniseG316, DeniseG316 on Instagram. Uh, another person who sent me some uh, wonderful gifts is Roxana Angles, uh, who can be found at Log on Instagram. Now, Roxana, you sent me uh, a wonderful card along with three rolls of film including, well, all three of them, uh, Lomochrome Purple, uh, Phantom 8 Kino, beautiful film, and Fuji Pro 400H. It was uh, apparently one of the last rolls, and you lovingly sent it to me. So thank you for that. I I enjoyed every single one of those rolls. And uh, I just want to thank you for being on the podcast and also for sending me that film. Now, speaking of Pro 400H, uh, Wendy Gunderson heard that interview and um, with Roxana and sent me two lovely zines uh, that she made, one called London Pride. I'm thinking it's called London Pride, and it's uh, photos taken of London with uh, various form, uh, film stocks, but primarily Fuji Pro 400H and Portra. And Wendy, these these images are just really lovely really really beautiful in addition you sent me a, a wonderful zine called farewell fuji Pro, uh, fuji 400h and it's called miami to key west and just some really cool photos uh all taken with fuji's 400 uh pro 400h um bright and colorful lovely images of southern florida can't go wrong with that Mark Wellsford, Mark, you were a guest on my show, and I, I thank you for, uh, for doing that with me. And you sent me a lens, a Helios 44-2 lens, as well as a menagerie of film, both hand-rolled and expired film, and I love all of it. Now, that lens has a legendary status. Uh, it's supposed to give swirly bokeh uh, to the images, and I'm looking forward to seeing what it does. It also is one where you can easily remove the front element, flip it around so that you're shooting through the element uh, where it's concave instead of convex. 
uh, as you look toward the front of the lens. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing the results of that lens. Thank you, Mark. And you can find his work at Mark underscore Wellsford on Instagram. Junior Wyatt. Uh, now, you know, or apparently now you know of my love of Kodak 2254, really low ISO and uh, lovely, lovely film. Well, for a, basically a song and a dance, you sent me 200 feet uh, or thereabouts of that lovely film. And I want to thank you for that. I, Because of that, I bought a bulk roller and I've bulk rolled lots and lots of that film and I'm sh and am shooting it uh, as part of my regular lineup of films to shoot. Thank you. Thank you, Junior Wyatt. And you can find his work at Wyatt Shoots Film on Instagram. Again, Wyatt Shoots Film. Uh, another person who sent me something recently is Ken Bertram. Ken Bertram, you can find his work at Ken Bertram Photo, K-E-N-B-E-R-T-R-A-M Photo, all one word, on Instagram. Now, Ken, you sent me six rolls of the lovely um, Phantom 8 Kino. Uh, that's the same one of the same rolls that Roxana sent me, and I love that film. It's super razor sharp and so contrasty. Just lovely, lovely film. So thank you so much, Ken. I really, really do appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to uh, shooting that film. I've got lots of lots of plans for it. Billy Sanford, Billy, you were a guest on our uh, episode on the podcast, and uh, had a wonderful time chatting with you. And uh, you sent me a lovely postcard that you printed uh, using a process that you talked about uh, with us, and I I want to just thank you for that. The, the the photo was well composed and just again thank you so so much you're an awesome part of the film community for sure and lastly i want to thank andy church of kodak alaris andy if you're listening i would i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for selecting uh, my photo to to be the grand prize winner on the um, uh, analog wonderlands kodak gold um, competition or celebration a celebration of that lovely film. I you, I love Kodak Gold. Really do uh, truly love that. And so thank you for doing that and for sending me uh, several uh, fresh rolls of wonderful Kodak film. I thank you for that. So again, every single one of you, thank you all so much for all these wonderful gifts. You guys, you... <laughs> You're too much. You're not. You're not too much. You're just awesome. You're all. All of you are so awesome. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And now let's get into the episode. Welcome everyone to the. Gen X Photography Podcast. This is episode 37. These episodes keep ratcheting up and it's we're heading heading toward 50, heading toward 100. It's going to be amazing. But uh, I'm your host, Mario Piper. And of course, with me is my co-host, Suzanne Peterson. Hi, Suzanne. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you? Doing all right. Now, I know that you Good. recently had uh, kind of an issue going on with the dog. So how are, how are things going with that? Things are going okay. I am healing up. 
Um, I, I didn't really post too much publicly about it, but I was attacked by a dog and I've had five pretty significant bites. Um, but, you know, we're just moving forward and got a couple stitches in and healing up, yeah. trying to just get back to normal. That's good. You know, I guess it's kind of a public announcement for anybody who listens. Those of us who have dogs and, you know, my wife and I have dogs, keep them on a leash, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and just be aware when you're out. And I mean, I, I wasn't not aware, but I think it, I think it is a good reminder that, you know, things can happen and it was obviously unexpected, but, um, but yeah, just be aware. Yeah. Well, hope, <laughs> hopefully, uh, the healing process will continue unabated. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, today we have a special guest, but before we get into who that guest is, I want to just uh, say, give a shout out to all of the previous guests on this podcast, starting with my daughter, Cynthia, and then Denise Grays, and then Zuza Medusa, and then Mark Wellsford, and then Roxana Angles, and of course, and then Suzanne Peterson, who's now my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Suzanne joined forces, we had Danielle Robleski, Ali Chiarello, Birgit Bukart, and of course, Billy Sanford most recently. And so all of you, I just want to say, if you're listening, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. It means the world to me, really does. But today we have a very special guest, and that is none other than my wife, Julianne Piper. So welcome to the podcast, my love. <laughs> Thank you. Most welcome. So before we get into the actual interview, um, let's just kind of go uh, talk about our how our week's been photographically speaking. I know, uh, as, again, Suzanne, you had a, a bit of an issue there with quite a bit of an issue with the dog, <laughs> but photographically speaking, how, yes, how's let, your week Yes, let's talk about something else. No. Exactly. <laughs> and I was out taking pictures. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Um, but so I do have a couple of fun things that were over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I did start um, my first time a bulk, bulk loading and I have not processed the roll yet, um, but I, I bulk rolled two small rolls. I want to say maybe 12 to 13 exposures. And I'm just running it through to make sure I'm doing it properly. And I haven't totally messed it up, which I think I kind of did one roll, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but then I also, um, I can't even remember how I, oh, I know how I got into it. So um, I tried lith printing. And cool. Is really cool. Yeah. So I said there was a there's a guy that photographs snow women snowboarders. It's a book called Heroes, and I should probably get his name. Um, but he photographs on a Pentax 67. Oh wow. And the middle section of his book is all list printed stuff. And it it totally drew me in. And I was I just had pulled the book out the other day and I was looking at it and like this is so my vibe. I love the look of these. And so I was reading up about it and he said, yeah, it was a process called lith printing. So I got the chemicals and tried it out. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. That's cool. Um, are you going to post some of those images on, uh, on Instagram? Yes. Yes, I awesome. am. I posted one, um, and it was a tree that was bent in half. Okay. Do you remember? Okay. So, um, and that one totally messed up, but it was, it was kind of an interesting story about it because it, the tree, the reason why I took the picture of the tree was kind of reminded me of my mom who has recently had a stroke and just sort of, you know, it's still this big force and she may be broken, but she's still standing, you know, that sort of thing. But the funny thing is, is I got these things in it called snowballs. 
I don't know if oh. you can kind of see them. Yeah. And oh, remember, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I remember reading about it. And I think actually if I do, there's another process I can do. Like I can go back and sort of reprocess this, mm-hmm. um, not redevelop it, but it's like, it's something else. Um, but I, I decided to just leave it like that because it sort of added to the imperfectness of where life is at right now. And I was like, how apropos that's <laughs> that, so cool. that that's the one, <laughs> the one image that didn't work like I expected it, but, um, but it was really fun nonetheless. So yes, I will be sharing more. Okay, cool. You know, interestingly that, uh, that image kind of makes me think of, um, well, I bought a, quite a while ago, a roll of a couple rolls of 828 film. It's uh, a okay. like 35 millimeter, same size, but it's roll film instead of in a cartridge, oh. uh, kind of like 120, um, okay. but the same size as 35. And this was Kodakolor X, so it was really, really old. Um, and then I, it was supposed to be develop, developed in C22 chemicals, not C41, which the 22 okay. signifies the temperature, and I didn't realize that. <laughs> so that's like 68, oh. 70 degrees. So I developed it in C41 chemicals, C41 temperatures, and pulled it out, and it was like the emulsion started coming off. I'm like, what oh is my happening? <laughs> Yeah, but I I dried it and it all cracked like uh you know those pictures of deserts where the ground is cracked. Oh yeah, that's oh, what that the pictures like it might be like. kind of cool. It was cool. I don't want to do it again, but it was cool yeah, for yeah, the beginning. True. So yeah, I yeah. uh, it's those imperfections, you know. Yeah, love them. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie, how has your week been going, uh, photographically speaking? It's been going good. I got a new camera. <gasps> Uh, a Diana F. It's a big toy camera, um, but I got it because it it has um, a pinhole. The lens just comes off, and then you can use it as a pinhole camera with roll film, which is something I've been wanting to try. So I just got that and just took my first roll of pictures today, which you so nicely developed right before <laughs> I could see if I got any pictures. Yay. Yeah. That's that's, that's very so exciting. Cool. I tried I tried my um I tried the pinhole on my Diana instant square. Because it's like it doesn't vignette, which is kind of cool because the other one, um, like if I take a normal in, instant square on the Diana, it's heavily vignetted, which I actually don't dislike. But I was it, it was fun to try out the pinhole version of it. Is it vignetted because of the uh of the lens? Because of the lens, yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. Cool. Well, that's that sounds really good. I know that you uh, uh, recently, well, I think last night also, you bought two two more Holgas as well. So you're in Holga heaven. Oh. <laughs> Lomo heaven. Well, Holga week, and you have to have a Holga to do Holga week, so. That's true. True. <laughs> Holgas are one of my favorite I'm... cameras. <laughs> that's Which so ones cool. do you have? Uh, I just have the 120N, I think, or the two, I, I don't know, it takes 120, <laughs> but I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I took it on one of our vacations as my only medium format option, and I'm so glad I did because it was, like, those pictures ended up being my favorites from the entire trip, and I kept thinking, I need to shoot this more. <laughs> I'm excited already to get these two other cameras but now i'm more excited if you got regular pictures that came out good like without having to work super hard oh no yeah it's i mean once you really learn how to 
just, I mean, to me, it's more remembering to set it to the one person, three person, you know, <laughs> and making sure it's not on bulb if you don't want it on bulb. <laughs> um, those were the only things that really, it's mainly just remembering that and remembering to advance my film before I, so I never advance it when I'm done. So I take my picture and I just let it sit. Whereas on like a 35 millimeter, I always would advance it after I shoot the shot. So for me, I just didn't, I just don't advance it. And then I wait and before I take my picture, okay, turn to the next picture. So <laughs> oh, I can go through a step list. Holga's and Diana's are essentially toy cameras, right? Yeah. It's, well, I know the Holga is. I don't know. I guess Julie, you said is, is a toy camera too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Suzanne, it seems like you have uh, a fair amount of experience with, with those kind of cameras. Uh, just from my own perspective, um, do because it has like one shutter speed and you you can only control maybe the the distance or you know that yeah i guess the focal length maybe it, yes yes um so it has like a three per so it has like a little one one person <laughs> drawn on it and yeah. that's like three feet away and then okay. it has a little family and i think that's like six feet away and then it has mountains or some there, there's two other indicators like one is 12 feet and then one is infinity okay yeah. so um do you do you have to be particular with the kind of film that you or like the speed of film that you shoot in in it? Um, I think I've only ever shot. Actually, did I shoot 100 in it? You you probably would want to think about that. OK, Um, but I, I don't remember what I, I'd have to look back and see what I shot in Montana. Okay. If I shot the 100 or the 300 or the 400, because. Um, I'm guessing I might have shot 400. Oh, okay. Just to make sure I had something fast enough. The other two, the exposure settings are sunny and cloudy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Or both. Yeah. I've always wondered about toy cameras because I, I remember when I, uh, oh, when I first started doing film photography, my son and I walked, uh, hiked a 17 mile uh, part of a of what's called the Long Trail here in Vermont, and I took along a plastic camera, a toy camera, really cheap toy camera that I found at the thrift store, right. and it had no settings whatsoever, and I just shot it advanced the film kept shooting it and i got interesting images but i have no idea what the shutter speed what the aperture was or anything somehow it worked right. <laughs> so yeah that's I so i think that's yeah it's it is fun julie because you were saying how you don't want to have to do too much you you don't but yet you get these like actually one of the images that i really want to print in the, actually one that i did print in the dark room hold on i'll show it to you it was actually a picture of, okay, so this one was taken with my Holga. So oh, a picture wow. of Hannah, one of uh, Chris and my daughter on a boat. So this wow. is a list print. So it's not going to look quite as crisp and, you know, it's going to be a little more fuzzy and grainy. And but then that's I from the Holga? More, that was from the Holga. And then this, it, it might be hard to see from what we're seeing through, but it, it was an uprooted tree stump. And it was so cool. And I actually really like it also just traditionally printed. Um, but I mean, it's kind of crazy how sharp you actually can get it if you do the right focal distance, you know, and I don't necessarily need sharp, but sometimes I'm like, wow, that's way sharper than I anticipated it being. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I know, Julie, you have a lot of other uh, uh, toy cameras as well. Well, not toy cameras, but well, I guess you could consider them, but like the, the Kodak brownies, various kinds of brownies. So uh, 
anyways, uh, anything else that you've done, uh, photographically speaking, this week? Who? Me? You, yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Probably, but I don't know. I. A lot has been happening. Oh. <laughs> Definitely a lot. A lot. Been photographically speaking, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it more I in this, in this podcast. Have to take dust off of my own skin film. That's true. That's not that exciting. But oh, I'm taking taking dust off. Yeah, how to edit the dust off? Oh, That's the right word. Yeah, right phrase. But Mario used to do it for me, and then he showed me how to do it myself. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a, good, a good skill to have, <laughs> but it's definitely not much fun. No, I didn't realize how time consuming that was. So I appreciate even more all the ones that he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is awesome. Well, I know for me uh, this week. Um, it, so I love red scale film, um, and I've been doing a lot of red scale. I have a, a couple of roles going of one of my favorite film stocks, and that's Kodak Gold. I love Kodak Gold because it every single roll that I've ever shot when I process it, it dries completely flat. There's no curling or cupping or anything. I just love that film. Um, and I think it's beautiful red scaled. So I've been, I've been doing a lot of red scaling and just looking forward to <laughs> the snow going away so I can, so I can move on into, you know, more varied color instead of just simply red scale. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I love red scale. I can't wait yeah. to see some of that. Oh, it's, it's fun. All right. Well, maybe we can go, uh, get, a uh, go ahead and get on into the, uh, the interview. Suzanne, would you like to start us off? I would love to. Julie, Sounds thank great. you very much for joining us on this podcast tonight. <laughs> um, I would love to hear about how you got into photography. I know you've been shooting for a few months, and obviously you have a husband who shoots film, but what drew you into photography, and what is your background? Like, do you have a background in photography other than um, what you're doing now? Um, not really. I don't really have a background in photography other than you know taking digital pictures or cell phone pictures of my kids as they've grown up but more to just document life not um not trying to get cool pictures or experiment oh, yeah. photography at all but um the thing that sparked my interest was a antique brownie 616 i think it's called one of the box cameras with the little frosted lens viewfinders that you look down into some okay. uh, hours gave one to mario and he let me hold it um, let me like <laughs> hand it to me in <laughs> it <laughs> and i just loved looking through it and i just sat and like looked around our house through it and um you know it just makes everything look different looking through that and then um he convinced me to to take it on a field trip with our daughter with um, some film in it and take pictures. So that was the first time I took film pictures, at least as an adult, where I where I remember it. Um, right. And from there. That, what a was, way to start, by the way. <laughs> right, them, I know. But it didn't like make me want to take a bunch of pictures. I, just, I actually just kind of liked looking through the viewfinder and just sitting and looking through it but um then I 
I don't know why I looked it up, but for some reason I looked up the history of cameras and came across information about camera obscuras and how they worked. And that just, that blew my mind. And that's what made me start playing and experimenting. I turned uh, our bedroom into a camera obscura because I didn't really believe that it was going to work, but it did work. Oh my gosh. That was, that just sent me into a rabbit hole of pinholes and making cameras and playing with it. That is so cool. I know I've seen some of your work on Flickr and I think maybe now on Instagram a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really love your pinhole stuff. Like it's, it's just super cool to me. Um, you and I have in common that we like trees, <laughs> but you have that one shot where you're looking up into the tree. And I, I still remember this one. It's just, it's wonderful. Um, and I remember from the last time that we got to chit chat, um, you saying that you are making a lot of them. And I would love it if you would tell us some information on that, because I have no idea how to make a pinhole camera. Well, if you really want to make one, I would recommend that you look up my YouTube hero of pinholes, <laughs> Joe Van Cleve, who doesn't know I exist, but <laughs> it's his videos that I stumbled upon first, and he has great tutorials that really explain how it works and shows how to do it, but it's, um, I just cut little squares out of soda cans, or seltzer bottles and seltzer cans, and um, he has a video showing, I don't know why I keep looking for because no <laughs> will be able to see me show you how to poke a pin, make a pin. <laughs> um, just using a sewing needle and putting it through and then using sandpaper to get the burrs off the back. And then um, if you've seen any pinhole cameras, I have made um, quite a few. Here's one that, um, that you just make a hole in your box. Okay. And tape it from the inside. Tape the little pinhole piece. Okay. And I use electrical tape for shutters. Okay. Okay. Oh, so that's your, is that your lens? Yep. That size so your lens? Okay. Just peel it I off your exposure and then stick it back on. Okay. So for people who can't see, that's about the size of a VHS tape. Anybody else know what a VHS tape is? Okay. <laughs> Gen Xers, I, we know. I know. I'm like, oh, I just realized I said something. So it's like, it's about the size of that. Like this a phone, is a Galaxy phone flip phone double shot pinhole camera. Okay. So I um, I built a divider out of foam core so that it will take two six by six pictures. Okay. Okay. Oh wow. In this particular one, um, and this one is an F88 camera okay. um, so that is so cool so she has two two different spots two different lenses on one box that is really cool okay awesome my first one was this one made from a magic mouse box okay it's the first one that i made and it has um a seltzer can pinhole okay again. okay um but yeah so i've got those two and then i have a shoebox one, which is my one of my favorites. It's my best. It has my best pinhole, and then <laughs> I have this one that looks fancier. 
That does look fancy. And this one I bought a 3D printed pinhole with a. Okay. A, well, this this is loaded, but it's covered. Okay. It has like a shutter cover that you can. Oh. Finger. Oh, oh wow, that's pretty cool. And it um, takes a four by five. What is this called? Oh no way. Film holder. Yeah, so I got this used film film holder for five dollars. I got it for Mario, but then I took it back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh well. <laughs> That's what happens. He's not easy about large format, so he um he didn't he only used it a couple times, and I was yeah. like, oh, can I just use that? That's awesome! This wow, that's really this smart thinking. Like the bounty. That's what. The same, it's pretty close to the same dimensions as the Brownie 616. Got it. Okay. Like camera, so I copied it. I see. That four board, this one is made from. If I can make an interjection here, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, you know, when when I started with, with film photography, I started with 35 millimeter and I've kind of stuck with it. I still love it. I mean, I, I will love it and adore it forever and ever, but you know, just Julie having, you know, being my wife, we live together. I can see where she started. She started with medium format and then crazy. moved to, to large format. It's absolutely crazy to me. I, I love that. I think it's so unique. Mm -hmm. Like I started with 110, Julie. It's like this. <laughs> it's like not even an inch, you know. Crazy. I, think I think it's so fantastic. Too. I have a one. I have a 110. A couple 35s and bunch of 120s and two four by fives and one five by seven now. What? You have a five by seven too? <laughs> well, my shoebox I made to oh. take by five and five by seven. Oh my goodness. I have a fleet. I have seven uh, film canister pinhole cameras too. Excellent. One and three quarter inch square photos. Okay. In these ones. That is really fun. So, I'm just blown away. In essence, you you literally could put, instead of paper, you could put film in those film canisters, right? Mm -hmm. And almost, it's kind of a oxymoronic, but the film comes in the film canister and you can make the <laughs> film canister into the camera. Into the camera. <laughs> I do. I want to cut some 35 millimeter film into little pieces to put in to see, but I'm not... I know other people have done it, so I know you can, but I'm not sure if you then would have to develop each tiny piece oh. one at a time, or if you can like dump a handful in a tank loose. I don't, I'm not sure if they would all, someone else can maybe tell you if they all would stick together if you did that. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. They might actually, because I think I, at some point in my early, early days of developing, I think I tried doing something <laughs> not as I was supposed to, and it didn't work out so well. But I think I didn't have it on a reel. And I think that it, it did stick. And so then nothing turned out, which was disappointing. Out, out of all of your, your pinholes and your brownie and all the other fun cameras I see over there behind you, do you have a favorite one? Or favorite style of shooting? Um, besides pinhole, my favorite kind are TLRs. Okay. I love that. I do have some SLR, is that the right word, Mario? Yeah. Mario yeah. has given me, a, he gave me an Agfa Flexilet, which is a 35 millimeter 
but it's also um, a waste viewer. So that's oh, really that's cool. really cool. Looks like a spider. <laughs> it does. That's really cool. What a neat looking camera. Um, it's not my favorite because it's 35 millimeter, but it is really cool. That's so <laughs> a awesome. puny little 35 millimeter. <laughs> I know. Like nothing does not even compare to your five by sevens. I know. <laughs> and I'm scared to death, Julie. I'm scared to death to shoot that size. <laughs> like I can't mess it up. That's so fun. Uh, oh, goodness. What I have a fancy you have there? Well, fancy to me. I'm a Mia C33, which is a TLR, of course, too. Um, that's a beefy looking TLR. I guess I it's almost five pounds. Is it's it? Okay. Pounds. It's Size very of a baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. Carry it home. Like this, it like... is your baby. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a, a Roly and I have a Yashica and my Yashica is definitely heavier than the Roly um, yeah. and just slightly bigger, but is I don't think it's as big as the Mamiya's. Yeah. Is it more like a Lubitel? I think this is probably my favorite. I have oh, a yeah. 66B. It might be a little more like that. Maybe a little smaller like that. So what when you go out to shoot, what do you what do you go for? Do you are you inspired by I mean, obviously your kids are probably the number one, but now that you're shooting for other purposes than just documenting, what is it that inspires you to go out and take a picture? Do you what are you attracted to? Um well, at first, I just was trying to find things close to the house to experiment with because with the pinhole cameras, which is all I had, you know, you load one piece of paper in it and then you have to go back inside to the dark, develop it, reload it. So right. it's in Quite order a process. to process many, you know, you have to stay pretty close to your house. So I have a lot of... Um, things just in the yard or of Mario, who's always willing to pose for me. That's so awesome. Try <laughs> make his model. Or some, sometimes, you know, if you angle the pinhole, I have ones where his head became. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like an egghead. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. I don't, I haven't actually really taken many pictures of my kids yet with film because I'm not adept enough with, um, I have to use a meter and like, by the time I meter it and like remember how to turn everything, the moment is gone. The moment's so gone. I still I use my phone. To yeah, that's right. I do too. I do too. Different tools for different different times. Exactly. Um, you know, Julie, one thing I was wondering about, um, it, as you know, Suzanne asked you if you had a much of a history in photography, and uh, you explained that you really didn't other than you know snapshots with a maybe a digital camera which, which we had we had one of those um like a super zoom type cameras i think it was a panasonic fz20 or something like that um i don't remember what the focal lengths were but it was a super zoom camera um and she used that you know for a little bit but then most of it has been cell phone photography and now you're like diving headlong into to the analog you know way of of doing photography a uh, question that that I have is what draws you uh, to I, I don't want to say uh, film photography because you do 
you shoot with paper as well, photographic paper. But what is it that draws you to the analog way of doing photography? The uh, the fact that it works. Like it's mind blowing. I mean, I don't I never thought about how a camera worked before. I just took it for granted. It's kind of like my cell phone working. I just assume it's going to. I've never thought about how it works. So when I um, when I saw that picture of the camera obscura and the light rays going through the hole and projecting it, I was like, seriously, that's what happens. And then <laughs> researching the eye and how that's what happens with in our own eye where everything is upside down and reversed, but our brain reinterprets it. It just is fascinating. And um, so it just became kind of an obsession to see what was actually being transmitted through the pinhole and like what can you capture like what is this seeing it's like a feelingless eyeball hmm. i don't know that sounds that's, but a no that's very no, interesting i think it's really interesting it's like listening to you talk i really feel like you have this engineering brain that just like seeks out like it's it's the process for you more than the result you know not only figuring it out but just like i i just think it's great <laughs> it's so <laughs> I do cool too. <laughs> i do too yeah i mean it's just it's absolutely crazy to think that you can take a box with a tiny hole and even if you had no this is really messes with my head like to think that even you don't have to put any film or any photographic paper and the same thing's happening it's not about the film it's not about the camera it's what light is doing oh. uh, you know so sometimes I think about how we're all walking around we're like giant projector screens we can't I, see what's projected on like it's a chaos of projections because there's no aperture filtering it out and isolating a small view right you're just covered with a blast from everywhere and it's that is so wild done that's just it's transmitting messages and i think that's just super cool so when you stick any kind of particularly it strikes me with pinholes you can capture a moment a message from the sun and wherever you put it you're going to catch something different and right. you don't really know what you're going to catch because there's no viewfinder True. You know, there's not, you're just holding it and like trying to decide which way to point a pinhole. Right. That's an really element really of surprise. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I love yeah. your curious brain. That's, <laughs> so that's really neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, as far as, uh, I don't know if I'm interjecting too much here, Suzanne. No, no, no. Okay. Um, as far as, um, the different mediums uh, that you've explored so far, you've explored paper, you've explored film, you've explored a wall when we, you know, we, when we made the uh, room into a camera obscura. Um, what has been your favorite uh, medium of expression as far as uh, photographs go? And it, that includes any of the darkroom printing that you've uh, done. Um, you mean like cyanotypes? Yeah, any of it, any and all. I think my cyanotypes from my own negatives have been the, mm. the coolest to me because the negatives were written by the sun. 
And then the print was written by the son. Okay. It completely. Well, I haven't made it work yet with a paper negative, so not completely made by myself. Not that okay. I make paper negative paper either, so that makes no sense. But <laughs> I, I like I like making things, and I like art where you have a finished product. So, you know, having a bunch of film isn't fulfilling for me personally, but being able to then you're catching it again. Like when you look at a negative, you're not seeing really your full picture. So in order to see it, you have to make something. I mean, you can invert it, you can scan it and invert it, but it's not the same as taking it like the two that I took today from, um, from my foam core four by five box. I had two negatives that we just developed, I think yesterday. And I, wanted to see them without scanning. I wanted to see what I made. So I did contact prints and it's like, oh, that's what it is. You know, you can, then you can see what you made. And I like it even better with the cyanotypes, um, you know, doing it outside in the sun and painting the stuff on the paper. I, I just, I like the tactileness and I like the texture of the paper too in your finished product. Yeah. So I had a question about, because I know you have shot a lot on paper negatives or just paper. Are you able to do anything with those in the darkroom? Like, are you able to make those into enlargements without a scan? I did that once, didn't I, Mario? I can't. Um, the the wax. I remember something about waxing. Oh, yeah, that's... Um... The No Color Studio Barita number 12, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Film. So paper negative, and then you were able to coat it or something with wax to be able to project through it? Is that what I'm remembering? Heat it up and melt wax on it, and that makes it translucent enough that the enlarger can yes. set through. I, so need, I, I need to try this. That. I wish we lived a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. Scared, um, to, scared to, do, to do that to the negatives? Yeah, yeah. just because I'm, I, I don't know. I think I just get nervous anytime I try something new. And then once I've done it, I'm okay. But yeah. Well, I tried it first to make you feel better. I, I used um, the little ends of the film. Oh, you know? okay. Oh, smart. Like on this one, this was a scrap, and I just drew on it with a pen. Okay. And then waxed it, and then put okay. it in, and the pen image projected through. So I practiced waxing the little bits from the ends of the roll. Okay. Um, before I did it where my images were. And what kind of wax are you using? It's just beeswax that I used. Okay. I, th I think it's recommended to use a white, like maybe a paraffin wax, but... Okay. I happen to have any, so beeswax okay. does work as well. Okay. I think that's really cool because I I do have some of the paper negative film, paper negative, mm -hmm. and I would love to not have it just stay in that small, you know, I, I'd love to be able to do something in the dark room. I've definitely gotten to where I want to, to take things all the way through from, yeah. 
you know, into that darkroom print. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I was always wondering how you could actually do anything other than just scan it and enlarge it. So that is, that's something that's going to have to be on my to-do list. It yeah. does make them look slightly different, um, afterwards, but not, it does, it definitely doesn't ruin them. Like, let me see if I can find well, it. You could always scan them first. We did. Mario scanned yeah. them for me first, but I actually think it just kind of highlighted them a little oh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it that's makes the, them, I think stand out a little bit more. Yeah, that uh, just again for the listeners, that's the uh, No Color. It's a company called No Color uh, over in Spain. No Color Studios, exactly, and they offer this paper. It's a paper, negative paper film for 35 millimeter cameras. Um, kind of difficult to shoot because it's a low ISO, and plus it's really really thick. Um, so it, right. you need a, almost a mechanical camera. It's different from if you're shooting with pinholes. You, I usually shoot Ilford multi-grade photographic paper, and um, that Barita number 12 is much thicker. Like, mm. you, you can see through with the enlarger. You can see through the Ilford paper. Oh. Um, but you can't through the Barita. Okay. That's so it is thicker than, huh? So you're putting the you're putting the multi-grade paper in your pinhole and just projecting right onto the paper and then developing it in a tray. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool. And then making contact prints out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Don't laugh at this question. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mario. Um, contact prints. I hear this all the time, and I know I should know what it means, but. Does it mean you're just laying a negative? Like, how do you get it larger? Or are you putting a 35 millimeter down on a piece of paper and that's as big as your print is? Or are you able to set it somewhat above so you can make it into, say, a five by seven? No, a contact okay. is surface to surface. So okay, you get a film. If you do a film strip, you okay. have a film, but the positive. I so see. I guess a lot of people, I don't know about a lot of people, but from what I've heard, you some people will take their film strip like a 35 millimeter and do contact prints to check the quality of their picture before deciding which one they want to okay so like a contact sheet that you might do in the dark room but you can do it okay so you just put it down on this in a dark room too okay Contact prints are you just don't have to have an enlarger um so i just use a uh I don't have one right here, but a clip frame, like a okay. photo, like the borderless, yes. like a, the glass and the board and the little clips. Yes. So you put your photographic paper on the back of it and then put your negative on top, then put the glass and okay. clip. Do you want it to be tight? If it's not tight, like if it's no if there's any space between, then it makes it really fuzzy and... um It'll make it like this because I didn't do it on this. And then how did you get light on it? You just turned the light on in a room? <laughs> oh, before before I went and found a free enlarger, I was using a lamp. Okay. And so I put the clip frame leaning up against the wall and I stood with the lamp. This was kind of like a <laughs> Okay. And flicked it on and flicked it off. And just kept playing with like going closer and farther away and how long we turned it on. Okay. Just a regular house light bulb. Oh. Much easier with the enlarger. 
right <laughs> have to carry stuff in and out in our dark room is our bathroom so we don't keep lamps in our bathroom typically so <laughs> okay lot. that's so interesting so you so were you just experimenting the whole time were you, were you thinking okay i'm just going to try 30 seconds of light or i'm going to try 10 seconds of light yes um there are more effective ways to learn how to do these things i have come to find out <laughs> My first picture that I took with my first pinhole camera, um, I decided that I was going to make a 14-minute exposure because I saw a picture in in a book that I ordered. These are my pinhole books. Okay. Um, And I really liked this certain image, and it said it was a 14-minute exposure. So not knowing anything about cameras or about anything, I went – that's what I want. I want a 14 minute exposure. I like that image. So it didn't, that was not correct for this particular (laughs) camera. I made a 14 minute exposure and then from there kept cutting it down until the, um, I think the pictures that I took where Mario posed for me, I think they were well under a minute by the time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So now I use a I use an app, a pinhole okay. assist app that's for okay. specifically for metering pinholes, and I use a camera app for my cameras. That that is cool. It's kind of funny because that's kind of how I started with my lift printing, because I I I ordered a book, but it was coming from the UK. And so I knew it was going to take forever. So a couple of very nice people online, when I posted about it, they're like, oh, you know, let me know if you have any questions. So I was like, well. How do you figure exposure time on these? Because it's supposed to be a long exposure. Wait, yeah, longer. You're supposed to overexpose the image and you develop it for a long time. So it took probably three to 10 minutes for these to develop, be in the developer. And then you're supposed to like, they call it the snatch time or the snatch point where you have to snatch it out of the developer and immediately like toss it into the, the stop so that it stops. Otherwise it could go black in, really really fast but so i was messaging with with some gentleman who was helping me with talking this through and i said well should i just guess on the exposure he goes yeah just try it so i I was like (laughs) okay i'll do 30 seconds and then but i and and it actually turned out my very first one was a picture of my daughter Karen, and it turned out and i was like what although i think it was i think it was beginner look beginner's luck um, because then like the next ones didn't turn out as well, but yeah, sometimes, it, sometimes it's fun just to give it a shot. And if there's too many rules, it's not, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, it can get overwhelming. I agree. There are, there can be a lot of rules and that's kind of what he told me. He said, you know, part of the fun of this is just figuring it out. And it's like, you got a great point. <laughs> so went with my 30 seconds. It makes it much more exciting when you get a good result, too, if it's not. I, I'm fine with using the apps, the metering apps now, but I f- I'm glad that I didn't do that to start with because it was the first time I got um, a really good, my first really good image was with direct positive paper and Mario was home. I was yelling in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, I you remember this. here, I got like a really good one. I, was, <laughs> I remember this. You know, but so awesome. I think I feel like you wouldn't have that level of excitement if you hadn't have made like 
120 crappy ones that you were like, well, I can see there's an object in this one there. <laughs> but that is that is funny. So that one of the images that I printed was this one, which is a self-portrait in a field. This is my bad one. And no joke, this thing was in there for like 15 minutes. And all I could see was that black, the, oh my gosh, where's my, <laughs> so it's my hair. And that's oh, wow. all I could see. And I'm like, maybe that's something. And I ended up pulling it too early. So it didn't, I, I redeveloped that one and it turned out better. But I don't know. I would have to say that I think that <laughs> it's still every time I get something, I'm pretty darn excited. <laughs> Even if it's not the first time, I'm just like, hallelujah, I have images. <laughs> I made a print that looks pretty decent. Yeah. I don't trust myself always, but... <laughs> So, Julie, um, as far as uh, photographs go or, you know, photography goes, do you have any specific goals now that you've been doing it for, I don't know, three? Is, it's been about three months, right? Three or four months? Three, yeah. Three months? Okay. Three and like a week. Okay. Do you have any specific goals that you're like aiming toward, either a short-term or a long-term goal? I do. I have some four-by-five ideas that I want to figure out how to make um, specific kind of double exposure portraits um, of family members where it's just their face and like this, the other exposure being an image of something that represents them. Mm. I'm not sure that I'm skilled enough to do them both on the same negative. So I might try first just overlaying two negatives or using um, the other idea I had was using like making the person portrait with four by five and then using a 120 or a 35 millimeter picture in the enlarger to put the other image on top. So oh, yeah. Better. Um, that's one project I want to do. And then also I saw someone make the most amazing photograms using matches and Cynthia, our daughter and I, we tried it in the bathroom and ours did not look amazing, <laughs> but that's another thing that, um, she and I are going to try again also. And someone recently told me I should try lumen prints. I don't know what that is yet, but I added that to my list of things to try. Um, I have lots of other cameras I want to make, too. Cool. All pinhole cameras? Yes. I have so many non-pinhole cameras. <laughs> way I could make something like that. I yeah. have in some. You know, I got old ones at the thrift shop thinking I was going to learn how to restore cameras and that my career was short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> there's still right. time. There's still time. <laughs> yes. There's still plenty of time and your pinholes are amazing. I think they're absolutely phenomenal what you're doing with that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, so um, why don't we go ahead and close up, but uh, Julie, as far as um, your photography, where can people see your work? Well, my work is in total under 200 pictures, so it won't take too long to see it all. Okay. 
Um, just for now, I, I I know how it goes. It's gonna grow and grow and grow. So <laughs> on Flickr, just my name, Julianne Piper. I have a Flickr page and also on Instagram, which is um, JP's Shoebox Picks. I think okay. is that what it is. I can't remember. Um, look it up very quickly. Um, but I'll make sure for all you listeners to put that in the show notes where you can find her. It is. JP J- Shoebox Picks. Okay. But they're JP, not my shoeboxes. They're just all my cameras. JP for Julian Piper? Yep. Okay. Cool. And Suzanne, where can we find your your photos you can find the ones that i like the most on b.roll.backup on instagram <laughs> nice <laughs> and you can find my work at mario piper on instagram also mario piper on Flickr. <clears throat> excuse me there so uh julie thank you for uh being with us today uh now just as a heads up or i guess information for all you listeners we actually had this of uh, a somewhat similar conversation with Julie, but um, it, something happened with the recording where Julie Julie couldn't be heard, and she was the guest. I couldn't be heard, but Suzanne could, and so it was like a, a one lopsided conversation. And I tried <laughs> to make it work out in in the post production, and I just couldn't. So this is a sort of a second second take uh, talking with Julie. So. I haven't made a, a podcast in a little while, and that's part of it. Just trying, trying to figure out how to make this work. But thank you all for being patient with, uh, with the process. In addition, I am doing a very big uh, job. Um, you know, as far, far as employment goes, I, I'm stripping and rewaxing a, a grocery store, and it's a once a year type thing. So I'm in the midst of that, and that does affect um, what I'm able to do. But that should be over within a few weeks. And um, in the meantime, we'll continue uh, trying to trying to do this podcast thing. <laughs> yes, yes. But Suzanne, I hope the best for again the best for your your healing up, Thank and you. Uh, hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I hope not either. Yeah, <laughs> not, not too fun. Absolutely. And to all you listeners out there, thank you so so much for listening uh, to every single podcast that you've listened mm-hmm. to. And as always, keep those analog vibes alive.